brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoke and host, the good old boys. Suds, suds, suds. It's time for more suds. Welcome to this suds episode where everything good in life is worth discussing. I'm one of your hosts here at the table for this fun gathering. (laughs) This is good old boy Mike. (laughs) Also joining me here is good old boy Dave. Hey. Oh, he speaks today. I like this. This wow. is a very It's because he didn't have any time to prep. That's what happened. I love this. This is a very rare occasion. I had time. I just didn't have motivation. <laughs> oh, I see that. Wow. Somebody is, is still suffering from the effects of what happened this week. Also joining me is good old gal Juliana. Hi. And Reverend Mark. Hello. We are the best thing on at 2 a.m., and we thank you for choosing us over the Canadian broadcast system's riveting exploits of the women of Winnipeg called the Bear Clan Patrol. This is a real thing. These women, (laughs) fascinating radio, listening to pissed-off Canadians, probably with their bad hair, walking around in the dark, being a nosy neighbor. Seriously? Seriously, that's right. That's what we're competing with, people. Seriously. You know, I want to smoke these people, so. Wow. Yep. That's what I'm talking about. Well, our side segments are all about beer, beer, and definitely more beer. But today, it's all about something a little bit on the twangy side. Don't rock the hear some John. Ah, we are nearly back to ourselves from CBC or the Craft Brewers Convention in Nashville, Tennessee. We all have had uh, some time to recoup, recover, and recharge from this event. Today is our CBC wrap-up show for 2018. We've tasted a lot of beers, and we're going to cover some highlights of the convention itself. Hey, we want to give a big thanks to the Brewers Association, the Rosen Group in particular, the numerous invitations to private events all during CBC, and our loved ones and spouses for tolerating our general lack of contact during uh, CBC. I think I actually high-fived the missus like once all week. I think it was about as close oh, as I came. That's, yeah, that's sad. <laughs> yeah. Right. I think Sparky actually had to re-enroll to get on a first-name basis with his missus once again. So, oh, yeah. yeah. This, is, is, that was a, this is a lot more than just a week for him. It was more like a four-month preparation activity, nonstop. So. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to uh, cover our general thoughts on B- CBC, some general beers that got our attention and reactions to the World Beer Cup results uh, that actually take place during CBC as well. So let's charge right into it. What did you guys think of uh, CBC in general? Dave. Well, um, I thought it was awesome. First off, I think it was a great thing for the city of Nashville to be able to host something like this. Absolutely. Um, I think it helps solidify Nashville as a an up-and-coming city and a beer town. Too. There you go. Um, I thought it was amazing all the beers that came into town that we don't normally get. So, I mean, they were the distributors were shipping in stuff from scratch, Surly, um, Ryan Geist, Half Acre, uh, Ale, what is it? Apothecary. Yeah, that place too, yeah. 
Well, yeah. you know, the one thing that uh, really takes its uh, distinction with CBC is well, the brewers are the ones that attend this. Mm-hmm. And so this is really turns into a bit of a, uh, for lack of a better description, an ego contest, you know, with a lot of the brewers. So brewers have egos? They definitely do, nah. for sure. Hit the bell, okay? <laughs> definitely. <laughs> they have egos. What planet are we on? So uh, they actually love to bring their very best stuff. And, you know, you find that you're having these moments where you have these conversations. Hey, I brought this one special keg of this one thing that I talked about three months ago, and it's only available here at CBC. So a lot of the stuff that is in limited supply or, frankly, never even is available at the tap room or even package is definitely comes out for CBC for sure. Yeah, it's kind of like the, uh, if you compare it to, you know, JBF's rare beer little thing on the side that they have in terms of you don't see but one keg of this ever in existence. Yeah, uh, for sure. And we saw quite a bit of... It wasn't even unicorn status. It was like uber corn because yeah. it was like you're just. You, there were beers that we had never even seen before that were on tap, you right. know, during this yeah. week. Yeah, a lot, a lot of, of one-off things. A lot of head nodding going around. Um, well, CBC is uh, really t- uh, tough to take in fully because the convention and all the events outside of the convention make for basically like a twelve-hour grind every single day, back to back. Yeah. Nashville absolutely knocked it out of the park. Uh, Dave said it right on. It was great that the entire convention was actually in one place, one building, in the Music City Center. And this really made for a lot of easy navigation. CBC and some of the other cities, that's not been the case. It's been split across, you know, different buildings, different venue. And I think that's made it a little bit frustrating, you know, at times. <clears throat> I thought the exhibit floor was yeah, just kind of, well, okay. Well, but, like... If you were a brewer or you were going to start a brewery, you'd have been your jaw to hit the floor. I, don't I know. mean, constantly, yep. man. I mean, I thought it was lots of repetition. If you like big shiny stuff, <laughs> no, that, no, no. that was your place. I mean, no, what, like yeah, I was trying packaging. to get an. Ex- I was trying to get an extension on my on my Visa card. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they just... so, wow! So you're saying that all those. Uh, uh, fittings and ball cocks and all the all the piping hey, 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 and tubing. And, you must you know. have gone to a different convention. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought there was lots of repetition. It, I literally, I was t-shirts, packaging, and stickers, and repeat about a hundred times. Literally. But I mean, like if if you're a brewer, though, I mean, that's that's your lifeblood. I mean, first off. <laughs> You Wait, got you got to have two of those things have nothing to do with brewing. Right? <laughs> yeah, they do. T-shirts, t-shirts, and stickers have you, nothing to do with brewing. Are you kidding me? Where do you yeah. think they make half their money in their tap room? I guess so. And then you got your hot liquor tank, yep. your mash tun, and yep. your boiling kettle. Okay, <laughs> you're gonna always have that. That's right. Hey, they had they had grain uh, malters there. They had hop producers. Hang on there. a second. Mm-hmm. I'm getting excited. Yeah. They had <laughs> water chemistry there. They had Ooh. yeast companies. Put all that together. Those stick people it. from Idaho came, <laughs> yeah. came down just for that water quality kit. Buddy. Yeah. You know what? Maybe they did. That's right. That's where all the beer excitement comes I like from. How, I like how people who like to drink beer <laughs> want to mock what all the takes to make beer i know. You know well if yeah. i didn't know any better i swear to god i thought it was actually an apparel convention because there were just so many apparel companies on that exhibit <laughs> floor so well yeah true i mean a lot of a lot of decals a lot of hats mm. um tap handles t- yeah tap yeah. handles yes glasses. I felt tapped out. there um, were not enough t 
10 tacker uh, manufacturers of. That's what I collect, and I didn't see that many, and I was a little disappointed. There's <gasps> like Man. four. Four. You should write a letter. And no one was giving away free metal signs either. So <laughs> no way. Definitely not. Well, well Sips, and Smokes is not really an industry ep- uh, show, and this is an industry convention. So um, I found it, uh, it was a little different um, because we were kind of out of our element. And, you know, Instead of really talking about beer, we were learning about the number three Fetzer valve made in Canada and certified by the EU for pressurizing kegs to the conforming shipping pressure of 3.1 PSI. And that could actually accommodate doing this in the opposite direction for Australia. So Fascinating. Know, I'm telling you. That's riveting. Look, yes. I, so to speak. I did actually find uh, you know a few <laughs> seminars um, that... Uh, the the few that I attended, I really did find them quite informative. Um, and I found a couple of pretty common themes and topics that seem to be going through this. A lot of contention between the brewers and distributors. Mm. You would you would think that you know they don't even want to hold each other's hand, even let alone even share space and breathe air with each other. I mean, it got pretty heated, you know. Wow. And some of the uh, seminars that I went to, um, and. Uh, whole conversation about market expansion which is a little bit of a theme you know around that distribution both uh you know how it's controlled or not controlled or not policed um uh, those were kind of the two recurring topics that i heard in a lot of different seminars uh for sure anything else about the convention itself that that you guys wanted to talk talk yeah i sat in on a couple of uh seminars that i thought were not the not the distribution, uh, you know, brewing industry side of the question, but more how do you create, you know, a, a customer base if you're like a startup company. Apparently, so, you sell T-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> merch, merch, baby, merch. It's all about the merch. Well, I said I want to, it was about crafting the customer experience for people not like you. And um, it was pretty interesting. I would just say not like Dave, personally. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking not like Mike. Those are my favorite people. Wow. <laughs> and slide 42, here's a picture of Dave. Yeah. Slide 43, here's a picture of Dave not buying beer. Slide 44. <laughs> wow, I don't think you'll ever see that slide. <laughs> well, in certain circles, yeah. 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 <laughs> but I learned one a couple of important things, and one was that in my other life, I deal a lot with diversity concerns, but this particular seminar helped me to diversify my definition of diversity, in hey. that Ooh. beer diversity is very important Wait, in this world. That's right. Hang on a second. I need a drink to get my head wrapped around that. <laughs> that sounds pretty Australian to me. In well, because wherever Mark <laughs> learned that you have to, you can't just have your, <laughs> you can't just have Wait, your what? IPA and stout. What just happened You have here? to have your chick beer. You got to have your beer for people who don't really like craft beer. Then you got to have your obligatory sour beer, then your kettle sour beer, right? And then you got to have a fruit beer, and then you probably have to have a cider and maybe an alcoholic seltzer. Right. (laughs) And even though all generalizations are not uh, to be taken as universal, even this particular statement, it it, it did ring true that as you bring or or, uh, coax... Uh, more women into the craft beer consuming end of things that you have to have. Just don't use the word lure. A range. <laughs> wow. A range of options. 
Um, whereas with men, the range of options is still impressive, but you have to be able to tell them, these are our top three. Yeah. Ladies like to make up their own mind. Isn't that right, lady? Yes. Well, Are you saying you don't like to be lured? Not, not by the likes of this crowd. Um, <laughs> no offense. But but I totally could see that because I, I think that as more women get involved in craft beer and, you know, are tasting craft beer, at least these are the people that I that I run into. Um well, women like to make informed decisions. Yeah, yes, exactly. Not be lured. No. Right. We're all part of that equation. Educating people about beers and, you know, what which ones are good and bad and I don't think women are difficult to market to. They don't want to be convinced of something. They want to be informed about something and make a decision. Right. She's nodding her head. Yeah, no, not totally. with you, Dave, but with me. <laughs> women, women are tricky. Yeah, they're tricky. But I, I think they just, you know, that. And the thing is, is a lot of women don't know about different varieties of beer. Whereas with the guys, it's all about the popular thing, the whale. You know, what can I have that's that's been on my top ten or whatever. Um, with women, it's taste you know is this something i'm really going to enjoy what is this that i've never tried this before am i going to like it am i not you know that sort of thing mm. but anyways but i could see the mm-hmm. diversity mm-hmm. of that and then the uh, generational approach is that millennials market experts are saying prefer pets over people and so you need to have you know a bar a pub that's Pet friendly. Uh, yeah, this pet friendly. A oh, hang on a second. A I got to get, get a bar bucket. <laughs> a pub for pugs. <laughs> I can't believe Pretty it. Pretty much. What's happening, people? Well, okay. Is this about beer or the dog? <laughs> no, but think about it. All the new breweries or new-ish breweries that we have gone to in the last couple of years, Everybody's... how many of them are pet friendly? Yeah, everybody. I mean, that's a big thing. It hasn't made the beer taste better, I can tell you that. You should be able to bring whatever kind of pet you want. You know, if you want to bring your cow to the brewery, your miniature donkey, Algerian cow. Mm. Well, with that ding-dong goes the bell, uh, I think we'll move on um, here in just a minute. We'll take a quick break here, and we'll be right back talking about some of our favorite beers from CBC. Rolling clouds and crashing surf Iridescent dunes reflecting By the light of a rising glowing moon Seashore mesmerizing Night breeze hypnotizing We've come across these back roads none too soon Look to the left, to the right Keep your eyes on the road, my darling Wondering if we're only passing through Open roads and open windows Hey, welcome back to Sip, Suds, and Smokes. On today's episode, we're actually going through our visit to CBC 2018, or the Craft craft brewers convention that was held in nashville tennessee uh, we've had a chance to talk a little bit about the convention itself and we want to get around to one of our favorite topics which is how about the beer man that's what i really want to get to um so uh each of us is taking the time to sit down and 
think about our top three beers that we had from this week. We already talked about such a large number of temporary contracts uh, that were issued to bring in a lot of beer into the Nashville area uh, for this. It was great to have so many things, both on tap, new package beer all over the place, and we really got a chance for a lot of these people uh, locally in Nashville to get to enjoy some of these products for the very first time. So uh, we thought we'd cover our top three. Up first is Reverend Mark. Uh, you going <clears> to <throat> force me to hold it to three? Okay. All right. Wait. She's limited to three. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> She's limited to three. Not 3.2, not 3.5. Oh not, not did, within did, my top three years, you my already eighth for, favorite beers. Did you already forget the whole women want choices thing? You, you're, no, i got to toe the line. We'll There's see. a schedule here to yeah. keep. Reverend Mark, your top three. All right, well, I have to say, first and foremost, my favorite beer uh, was Blackberry Farms. Of all things, they're my box. Uh, and they had a wonderful array of packaged and draft beer I'm as over well. Here nodding my head, yeah, insistent. yeah, yeah. So. yeah. It yeah. was just amazing. I think partly because uh, Travis Hickson, who is just a longtime friend and and uh, head brewer for Blackberry Farm, uh, brought this to Nashville when he was at another brewery here in town. I always look forward to his Mybach, and I think that uh, he delivered the goods and then some. Uh, it was very much a, a Munich malty, uh, just tasty, dry type finish with just a little bit of sweetness that you know left you wanting a little bit more another pint. But you've got to be careful; stuff is really, really strong. <laughs> uh, but I wasn't driving, or was I? I don't remember. <laughs> That's a, that's a good sign. <laughs> what was that? It was a little. It was a chick from yeah. Iowa. Just keep going. Yeah. She's over for CBC. Where's the beer? Why is my car all scratched up? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the uh, um, uh, Blackberry Farm and uh, and uh, New Belgian had just a, an, an amazing uh, uh, scene event a sharing uh, at Nelson's Distillery. And uh, that's the first thing I had, and it really made it, not the first thing like for the whole conference, but for that day. Uh, so, kudos. The second one. What was your set rating on the mind box? Oh, I'd give it a five, a clear five. Nice. Clear five. I'll tell you my second favorite, which just kind of came out of the blue, and actually, I don't think I even paid for this beer. Oh. I think I think I borrowed it from from Dave over here, um, but uh, <laughs> I just took a straw and Sounds just a little shady. Know, kind of drank it across the table. Uh, but it was the Coldwater Kolsch, oh. and I, the reason I liked it, it was because it's it, 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 it the, was free. The, it was free, <laughs> and it was a little different than yeah. most Kolsch products uh you know that in, in that it wasn't just a a one-dimensional malt not kind of light uh was this a vent down at city town yeah yes yeah, yeah that colch was awesome that was my favorite in that flight it might uh, have been one of the best I, ones there, i, I yeah. like that yeah and and it just it was freshly hopped <clears> and <throat> just hopped in the way that a colch needs to be so i thought yeah and i think it's right because we were kind of starting things Kolsch. out that's yeah. what was yes 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 it. yeah i remember that and it really let the hops kind of come out and really balance out with the malts it's yeah. really good okay i'm not getting really uh this is basic beer i'm talking about this the, my top three but i will mention a sour uh, uh, oh, wait, uh, what what's your you rate? rating oh my pulse? my such rate i give that a four okay uh, uh, uh. 
Okay, on Sunday night, uh, to kind of kick things off, uh, the Music City Brewers had a special event at Sons uh, with Chuck Skypeck, who had been at Bosco's many years ago. And so many people that got involved in the uh, homebrew revolution here in town uh, owe a whole lot to Bosco's and to Chuck. And so we, uh, we actu- actually put a, uh, uh, an event together to honor Chuck. And uh, there was... we. They brewed the uh, the Scottish ale that was his flagship ale, mm-hmm. uh, but it turned, I think, into a wee heavy. So it wasn't a per- perfect approximation. Got a little heavy-handed. Got a little heavy-handed. Yes, yes. Heavy-handed. <laughs> Just a wee bit. Just a wee bit. So That's bad. Right. That's right. But that led me. <clears throat> I realized <laughs> I couldn't be. I couldn't be quaffing that beer. So I uh, I said, "What else have you got here uh, to Ken Redmond?" And uh, he poured me a Bohemian Pilsner. And I have to say, that's the best Bohemian Pilsner I have had in a long time. It was fantastic. So uh, I will give that one a Suds rating of four. Wow. Nice. So a homebrew made your top three? Basically. Well, it was no, it was a, it was brewed by Sons. So the Music City Brewers did not brew. This was a commercial beer. Cool. Uh, Real quick. Because I have to get something sour in, I think one of my favorites also was the Blackberry Farm uh, Barrel 18. It was an 18-month Brett Saison, year 2017. Wow, nice. Amazing. What would you rate that one? Five. Wow. All right. Thank you, Reverend Mark. I'm going to charge in and talk about my top three. Uh, we had one that was a duplicate. I cannot say enough good things about that Blackberry Farm, my Uh That was just an amazing beer all around. You know, <clears throat> the one thing that uh, I really um, I've noticed that have, has happened twice now with them is that you can take a very classic style and really move it to a whole new level. I mean... The first time that I uh, ran into Roy and he said, I'm going to make a Saison, and I'm like, okay. And then he's like, well, I'm working with 40 different recipes. You want to try a few and let me know what you think. (laughs) I was like, so, uh, I mean, he was really serious about taking that style to a whole new level. And that's really how I felt about this Maybach is that it really was a new gear uh, for that style. And, I really the I love the fact that uh, Travis and everyone else was really patient. I believe this is the first lager that they've actually put out commercially at a Blackberry Farm, and I, I really thought that it showed off uh, a little bit of some flexibility that they have to create something that is not more of the same. And uh, <clears throat> I just thought this was a, a huge uh, uh, opportunity for. Travis to really put his thumbprint all over a beer uh, coming out of Blackberry Farm. So it was amazing. It was easily um, my favorite beer of the week. My such rating for the Blackberry Farm Maybach is a five. The next beer up is a beer that we've talked an awful lot about beers that came from Scratch Brewing. We got a lot of folks that are just in love, enamored with a lot of things uh, from scratch. I really enjoyed the trip that I made there with a lot of our co-hosts uh, this year. But I don't recall having this particular beer in the lineup, and it was available at one of the events uh, this week. And it is the Wild Grapevine Wee Heavy um, from Scratch Brewing. 
Um, it's really kind of unusual. Um, I really thought that the one thing <clears throat> is that the grape overtone that was kind of on this, um, so many Scotch ales that I've run into uh, are too sweet. And mm-hmm. they really just head down, you know, a path where it's just like a caramel uh, bomb, you know, that gets in the way, basically, of the rest of the beer. Everybody's mm-hmm. kind of nodding your head. You know, we, it's a very common thing that we... <clears throat> um, and it really kind of turns into, with all too many Scotch ales, a, a bit of a mess. This is exactly the opposite of that. I love uh, all of the balance around this. I loved how it was a fairly squeaky clean uh, beer. And all that muddled mess... Uh, all of that just was not present in this beer. Just really well put together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the one thing that I think everybody was kind of crushing on, it was just so cool to see uh, Marika Josephson, uh, who's the head brewer at Scratch, actually pour her beer while she was here on Tennessee soil. Mm-hmm. That was just, I, there were like a small crowd of 20 people as she was pouring uh, the beer at a different event. And I, literally, I have a picture of her just pouring the beer. And I'm like, okay. That that's that's pretty cool. Um, there weren't any of the Stein beers um, from Scratch that were available during CBC, unfortunately. But I have to say this uh, this Wee Heavy was really amazing. So for the Scratch Brewing Wild Grape Vine Wee Heavy, my sudge rating for that is going to be a five. And this next beer, I think, uh, is a duplicative one you have on your list. Is that right? Who has the high wire? Me. All right. Well, let's talk about this one together then. All right. So uh, we actually got to go over to another event, um, and it was actually uh, the Belgian uh, Beer Project at Black Abbey was the name of the event, and we walked in, but they had a couple of casks that were on there at the same time, and it was actually for another event, which was an all-cask event. They had like, I don't know, 12 different cask beers that were available, and so this this cask was just kind of sitting there, and uh, there were only two. And this one really caught our attention. It's from Highwire. It's called Hazy and Juicy and Hoppy and Fresh IPA. Those are all things. Those are words that I really love. Yeah. You know, I like the word and quite a bit there. Yeah. Um, a lot of thought in that one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, the first thing that caught my attention was definitely the aroma. How about you, Dave? Um, yeah. Well, actually, the first thing that caught my attention was uh, the color. The I haze. mean, it was well, it was hazy, but it. Clark. I mean, it looked like orange juice. Oh, it it, it, came it looked gorgeous. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful, yeah. bright orange color, very hazy. Um, but the aroma, yeah, was absolute citrus. It was just all over the place, and it was so creamy. And you know, it was just emblematic of really how great cask beer can be. Yeah, and we had tons of Nipa beer all week. I mean, we, I had at least twenty, thirty different New England IPAs. And it was hazy and juicy and hoppy all over the place this week. Yep. And for any of those beers to really stand out, it had to be something that was just a bit extraordinary. And the fact that this cask beer really turned out as, as good as it did, it really says an awful lot to stand, you know, with so much competition, you know, around them that week. Well, I think the fact that, that well. it was on cask was a big reason why it stood out, too, because doing a beer on cask versus pushing it out with CO2 is... Um, it's vastly different. It, inf- it impacts flavor, mouthfeel, um, even the aroma. Um, and it, it really impacts every aspect of the beer. And it gave it, you know, those Nipas, they usually have like a creamier mouthfeel mm-hmm. than a lot of other IPAs anyways. But um, adding the adding the extra component of, you know, carving it in the cask plus 
um, pushing it out with just oxygen, you know, letting it come out was amazing. And it just added to that creamy mouthfeel and it really made it a lot juicier, sweeter. It just enhanced the whole thing. Well, so I think the lesson uh, learned here is, listen, if you're making, you know, something that falls in this, pull off, you know, a, a couple of kegs and, you know, commit to a cask version of that, even if it's available in your tap room. Yeah. I really think you, uh, you'll you find the differentiating component of maybe just those one or two, you know, corny kegs, you wouldn't drop in a corny in a cask, uh, really could be an amazing experience. To serve it side by side. Yeah, you know, with I agree. Normally. You I know. think that would be interesting. Well, we liked it so much, we actually kicked that cask. <laughs> so yeah. there wasn't any more available. And uh, Sorry, everybody. There are a lot more uh, collaborations coming down between Highwire and Black Abbey Brewing. Oh, and, cool. Uh, so I'm hoping they come back around and revisit this one. If not, I'm going to call Carl and I'll put in a special request saying, hey, next keg or next cask, just for us. Okay? There you go. So, yeah. Well, uh, my sedge rating for the high wire hazy and juicy and hoppy and fresh IPA is actually a five. Mine too. How about that? Great beer. We agreed. Yay. Yay. All right. That's all of mine. Let's get to Juliana's here. Her two beers. <laughs> negotiating. Well, I like how I negotiate no. on the fly there. No, sorry. It's not yeah. going to work. It's not going to work. <laughs> Up to so seven. So I have, okay, I have topics. Um, and the first, we're going to break. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> so the first topic was collaborations. And there was a ton of collaborations um, at CBC. I mean, everywhere you went. Very every true. event. It was all about what we did together. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I thought that was kind of cool. And a couple of standouts for me um, on that vein was the Tiki Time, which was a collaboration between mm. Creature Comforts and Bearded Iris and Pine House Pizza, which actually won a couple awards, I think, at uh, mm-hmm. World Beer Cup, and um, YCH Hops. Um, just an absolutely interesting, cool, out of the ordinary beer. That coconut hop, which was an experimental variety, I thought was completely insanely cool. And um, I gave that a five. And then the other collaboration that I really enjoyed was the Jester King Scratch collaboration called Abscission. Um, using juniper and sassafras. And I thought it was the best of both worlds because Jester King is known for their yeast strain. Um, you know, being so special in all of their beers. And then Scratch is known for all of their indigenous um, ingredients that they use. That combination, I thought, just was absolutely stunning. I mean, the juniper and the sassafras was so scratchy to me. And the yeast just paired so well with it. It was absolutely stunning. That one's a five as well. And um, the second thing I wanted to talk about was these beers, these breweries from New York that I'm just really jazzed about. Um, Finback and Innerboro. Oh, yeah. They made mm. some really nice um, Nipas. Those Nipas we brought. had were really good. Um, yeah, and that almost made my short list as well. So, great event. We went to at our friends at Southern Gris. And uh, what was the name of the uh, the... What was the one you were going to name? They had like three there. Well, the one from Finback was Freshly. The one from Interboro was Mad Fat Fluid. And, um, Ew. I, Did you say back fat? <laughs> mad fat. Oh, that's better. Okay. Yeah. 
Never name a beer back fat fluid. Yeah. Ever. Well, and what and what I thought was really that's gross. I'm just I'm trying to avoid it, but that's gross. I have this guy Lavia in my head going, What do you read? We cannot call beer back fat. I don't know why this is a problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and what I thought was really cool is that we had just come back from a trip to New England ourselves, you know, so we had all of these like amazing Nipas that we had over the course of a week. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we were fresh on that, Definitely. but yet these two, all different gear. Yeah. Well, yeah, but these two were, were Nipa, but yet had their own twist on it. And mm-hmm. I thought that was so cool to be able to stand out like they are with these newer, younger breweries. Um, both of them, I thought were just absolutely stunning. And those were fours for me. Yeah. Great beers. Yeah. That was a good. That was a good event, and a lot of a lot of great beers that um, that you mentioned there. Yeah, and then the last one that I wanted to talk about is from Virginia. It's Aslan. It's the triple orange starfish, and huh. I had to wait in line for a while because they had issues with the keg. But I'm so happy that I waited. The thing was absolutely outstandingly yummy, and this is um, a smaller brewery from Virginia that I never heard of before, and. We're going to Virginia in August, so I can't wait to go and visit them. And another great, great uh, Nipa beer. And very distinctive. And that one I gave a five as well. And I'm done now. See, she only did five beers. (laughs) (laughs) It's because you kept her under control, Mike. (laughs) Right. Thank you. I appreciate that vote of confidence. Hey, uh, we're going to take another quick break right here, and then we're going to come back. We're going to hear some of Dave's beers, as well as talk about the World Beer uh, Competition as well. We'll be right back in just one minute. But baby, the whole nation Riding down this lover's avenue As slow as a willow blows or as fast as the whirlwind grows We glide beneath the stars in cobalt blue Look to the left, to the right Keep your eyes on the road, my darling Wondering if we're only passing through Open roads and open windows my hand is yours forever, sweet love Our eyes ahead on these back roads with a view Hey, welcome back to Sip, Suds, and Smokes. This is good old boy Mike. And on today's episode, we're actually going through a discussion about the CBC 18, which is the Craft Brewers Convention in Nashville, Tennessee. We're going around talking about some of the beer we had this week. And up next is Dave to talk about his top three. Cool. So uh, we already discussed the one that I th- I think was the best beer I had, which was the High Wire uh, Nipa really on cask. That was far and away. Um, now, not to short out any of the other great beers I had, um, one of the other ones was the Lemongrass and Thai Basil Pale Ale from Scratch Brewing. Mm. Um really different take you know every beer from scratch is a different take on whatever style of beer it is because it's them um 
citrusy, light, herbal, refreshing, really cool beer. And it actually was a nice palate cleanse from some of the other stuff I was drinking that day. This is me over here nodding my head. Yeah. yeah. Really solid beer. I would give that one a four. <clears throat> I had that one as well. And I think the thing I really loved about that beer was the basil was not shy. Yeah. How many how many beers have we had that had some basil in the name or something like that? And you're like, where's the basil? Yeah. You know, some wit beer or some other wheat concoction or a pale ale. And they drop, you know, basil in it somehow. And you're just standing there kind of going, I don't, where's that? You I know? think it must be a very volatile flavor that fades out quickly. I'm thinking a little bit more like cucumber where the aroma is such a major, you know, component of enjoying basil. And it just gets lost. Yeah. yeah and those other people, that. you know... They may have been using either an extract or something else and just, you know, it faded away and never really had the aroma component, you know, to begin with. Yeah. I know that people at Scratch probably used the real deal for sure. And it definitely came through. And I thought that was the star of that particular beer for sure. Yep. Yep. Um, the second beer I would list would be Cherry Berry from uh, Barrel Culture Brewers and Blenders. I think that's what they're called there in California. Huh, I skipped this beer. I wonder why. Oh. <laughs> Because it's fun and nice. Um, <laughs> Fireworks. So this was an, an American American wild beer. Um, I mean, it was like dark, dark purple. Looked like purple drink. Um, very tart. Very, I mean, the berries and the cherries like really, really came out strong. Not for everybody, but um, I thought it was a really cool beer. And it was actually... It was at the Southern Grist thing, too, and so it was like almost all like IPAs and New England IPAs across the board, and then in very hoppy beers, and then to get something like this, which was a nice kind of break from that, was a really cool thing. So um, I really enjoyed it. I would give that one a four as well. Wow. So the last thing I'm going to talk about is kind of a twofer. So Juliana and I went to Kuchni and Keller. And um, we were there to try some Paradox beers, which we've had before. They were both phenomenal. But um, we took the opportunity to have a couple of Creeks or Cherry beers, one from Cantillon and one from Bone. Um, Both were amazing. They were completely different. We actually had them side by side. And the one from Cantillon... Um, Brasserie Cantillon was um, actually very light, um, very delicate, very floral. The cherry was definitely there, but it was it was just so. I, I don't know what what so, would you say? A refined yeah. cherry. A refined cherry. <clears throat> um, then the other one from Browry Bone, however you say it. Um, was actually much more in your face, more, it was like if one was a female, sort of kind of more delicate and everything, like that would be the Cantillon, and then the bone was the more, the male, sort of like bold, and very. And it was even a deeper, darker color, and the cherry was very tart, and uh, you said you even got a little bit of balsamic or balsamic vinegar kind of going on. There was definitely an acidity in that one that was not as present in the Cantillon. So having those two side by side, like two Belgian masters of Lambic was like incredibly, uh, it was like an amazing one of a kind experience. And we were actually looking at Frank Bone through the window. Uh, he was surrounded by hipsters, so we couldn't get to him. Huh. But um, 
the, just having those two together was was a really cool experience. It's something you don't get every day in Nashville. Hmm. Well, I think there were a lot of those moments, you know, um, especially with uh, beer as well as, you know, a lot of the brewers being present, you know, all week. And I can't begin to tell you how many times I almost had to kind of check myself up as I was, you know, sipping some beer because people kept on staring at us going, I wonder what they think, you know. Um, and I would just be approached, you know, out of the blue, you know, by, you know, a brewer, you know, going, hey, uh, what do you think of the beer, you know? And, uh, oh, wait, one second. I just want to give those two each a five. Oh, <laughs> Are you giving my comment a five? Or the no. Beer? I'm not really quite <laughs> sure. We don't have a number low down. enough for your okay, comments. Okay, all right. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate that. Wow. Um, <clears throat> But, you know, that was a very common thing that I noticed that was happening as we were, you know, kind of tasting beers around town where people seemed to be rather inquisitive about what we thought about certain beers. And I ended up having these very unique conversations coming out of nowhere. So um, <clears throat> there were a couple of other events that happened that if you're following our Twitter feed, uh, we had almost 180 different tasting notes that flew out on our uh, Twitter feed. That is not even half of the beers that we drank nope. uh, this week. Um, so there was a whole lineup from an entire festival called the Funk Fest that actually opened up CBC on Sunday. And there's a short list of those beers that got posted out there. Definitely check those out as well. Uh, so if we didn't talk about your beer, I'm sorry. Um, uh, but uh, there was just a short list. And there were lots of other great beers that we did talk about on our Twitter feed. Well, the last topic uh, I wanted to swing around was actually talking about the World Beer Cup. So this is uh, a slightly different competition um, that is held as part of the CBC. Um, so the the GABF has their own competition that happens every year. Mm-hmm. And those follow one set of guidelines and judging rules. And the uh, World Beer Cup that takes place uh, here during CBC has some slightly different judging criteria as well as entry requirements and stuff. So they're not quite the same. Um, And I would definitely say the judging panel for uh, the World Beer Cup definitely has a lot more international flair to it. Uh, I met a lot of uh, German judges uh, that were sitting for a lot more brewers uh, sat and judged uh, for this as well. Um, you know, we had a ton of friends working at the World Beer Cup with actually none of us judging for this event this year. I'm so glad. Because um, there's no way that you could just sit and judge and do everything else. It's just it's yeah. impossible. Um, there are a few things that uh, got my attention anyway off the list. I thought that I'd mention uh, one of these, and then uh, we'll gather some of our own notes uh, as well. Fat Bottom... Um, as we actually had the wallflower saison right here, as right before it got released, um, mm. Sparky brought it by, and we got to check it out, and it did really well. And actually, Fat Bottom also got a another medal for the bareness. Yeah, um, <clears throat> it's a really good beer. So both of that, both of those are uh, really great beers and things that we get a chance to have all the time. What else caught your attention on the World Beer Cup? Well, you know, Pabst Blue Ribbon won. There you go. Um, got a silver. That's a world-class uh, beer. American lager and cream <laughs> ale. Um, actually, old style. Beat it out, though, for I the gold. I saw that, yeah. So there you go. That's 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 your World Cup right there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that's some cup. <laughs> yeah. No. Actually, PBR, you know, as long as it's not your first beer, it's 
pretty good. Yeah. If you get about four in, then you pop open a PBR, you're good to go. I, I, I can't do PBR anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I talked to, a, to a brewer friend who was judging the uh, Pilsners, and it was him and then about seven Germans. There you go. And so I think wow. whoever came out. That's cool. That, you know, it if it was PBR, then maybe they're doing – Feels right. yeah. I'm thinking it's Germans that just really don't have good cable TV choices. Personally. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's awful. I have had um, tuna, the uh, American Pale Ale from Half Acre uh, Beers, and I think that won a bronze in the Session Ales, and that's that's a it's a good Pale Ale. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Any other beers yeah. catch catch your attention? Well, mm. for me, I'm proud of my home state. Of course. Um, yes. She's because... never had it. It just says PA on it. So yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> but of course. No, 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 no. Actually, and you've had one of them, too. Okay, all right. As a Who matter of fact. Mr. Sassy Pants. Yeah, exactly. Okay. For those of you that don't know, I am from the fine state of Pennsylvania. Oh, they all know. Whatever. Um, free will. Ollie oh, yeah. took silver. See? So that's yeah. beer number one that you've had. So there's that. Hey, yeah. be sure and check out our Free Will episode, which is actually coming up really, really soon. So, oh, that one almost yeah. killed me. Yeah. Yeah. And then, number two, Weyerbacher took gold for their Reserva. Huh. Yeah. How about that? How about that? Oh, I do. I love that beer. Yeah. Uh, uh, Pennsylvania Brewing? I don't know. Who does Pin Gold? They won, too. Yeah, Pengold did. Yeah. Um, and and the then, Reserva is the raspberry, right? Yes, sure. yes, that's yes, a good, yes. That's Mike's yes. favorite. Right. Yeah. Please send us all your raspberry <laughs> beers. Mike would love it. Oh, man. <laughs> um, Devil's Backbone, actually, I believe they took two awards, one for their alt beer and then one for their Danzig, the uh, Baltic Porter, that I've had a few times. That's really good. Um, and then the other one from Pennsylvania, is it... Um, um, Nishamini Creek. Uh, oh, they won? Yeah, yeah. I, I believe huh. they did for one of theirs. Iron and, Hill won? Yeah, Iron Hill took an award, too. That's another Pennsylvania brewery. Well, actually, they might consider themselves New Jersey at the moment. Oh, but, no one considers themselves New Not if they have a choice. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Whatever. Pennsylvania, New Jersey. Pennsylvania, New Jersey. Yeah. Mm. But, um... Which side of the Potomac are and then uh, Griffin Claw took silver for their Oblivious, which we've, we've had, had that, that before, which beer. was really good. It's yeah. a big old beer. It is. It it's is. a wheat wine. Um, no surprise, Firestone Walker took gold for their Stevo. And the DBA, yeah. by and the, the way. DBA? <clears throat> that okay. caught my attention as well. Yeah, And the Creaky so. Bones. So they got yeah. three. Wow. Creaky yeah. Bones. Slick. Huh. Yeah. All great beers. Yeah, yeah, we've had all those as well. Really one for the Pivo Pills. That's great. So... Yeah. Yeah, um, and I think that's all. Oh, Ballast Point took um, bronze for their porter. Yeah, I saw that as well. So there you go. It was uh, so. The one thing that kind of struck me as I was reading down the list is how many breweries that got medals. I'd never even heard of the breweries. Let alone I know. Beer. I know. It tells me they all need to send us some beer. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, we need to become a lot more familiar with uh, quite a few of these beers. And the thing is, is um, that's not really unusual for the World Beer Cup. You know. It's definitely not a Me Too list uh, from GABF um, that yeah. you actually see a lot of things very unique that are part of the World Beer Cup. So It's very interesting how they do the styles, how it's broken out the categories. Yeah. 
So it was very different. Very different than BJCP, uh, you know, um, style guidelines. And um, the one uh, category that I really can't wait to scoop back around is who won the American IPA. So um, Revision IPA from Revision Brewing is uh, who took home the gold for the American IPA. This is probably one of the toughest categories, you know, to win because there's just so many people clamoring um, for that particular. It's an incredibly popular style, and so that's the reason why there are so many people entering it because it is a very popular style with many consumers. The strange thing is, is Revision is in Nevada, and I do not think of Nevada as, like, the beer mecca, you know, of the world. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just... I've really seen how what fits, you know, Epic has had and trying to distribute, you know, around the state, out of the state, mm-hmm. uh, and really having to navigate a lot of just really screwed up, you know, liquor laws, you know, in Utah. It's just not in Utah, but in Nevada, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> I think it's, uh, I, I think I'm interplaying the two because actually Epic is in Utah. Yeah. They're not in Nevada. Right. I knew I'd It's a that. beer show, folks. It yep. happens. Okay. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm still looking forward to trying the Revision IPA. It's actually distributed um, in Georgia. So um, our good friends at Hop City, who I spent a lot of time with here, we're going to probably drift down there and say, hey, I bet you've got some of that on the shelf. We really don't want to check that uh, gold mineral uh, winner out for sure. Maybe they'll just drop a case to us. That'll work too. Oh, and I got a correction. It's not in Chamonix Creek. It was Conshohocken. Um, They took... Gazoontite. No, stop. Stop. I get sadly I get those two confused. Me really? Too. I know. I'm sorry. Everybody know. that thought they were confused the raised your hand. Unpronounceable <laughs> words, you get those confused. Whatever. It's Pennsylvania. Leave me alone. Uh, this, is, this is what happens when we let the Canadians influence yeah. us. That's uh, it. Actually it's Indians. Right, yeah. Right. Um anyways, Conchahawken took silver for their Puddler's Row ESB, and actually, I want to say that this is their second time winning. Well, um, that's yeah. Way oh, to go, Concha Hawking. And okay. interestingly enough, uh, Melvin um, took an award for. You would think they would have taken an award for their IPA. That fresh hop IPA is all the way. Except they took gold for their cherry bomb. Oh my gosh! Cherry bomb, unbelievable. And I got no Melvin all week, by the way. I actually. Showed up and all that had kicked all over the place. It seemed like I never even got a it drop. It goes of fast, it. man. Everybody wants some Melvin. Uh, there was one other that caught my attention, which was the. Um, you mentioned Frank, uh, Frank Bone, and he actually uh, took home um, an oh. award for uh, the Guze, the uh, Oud Guze oh. Vat 108. Yeah. Such um, a beautiful so, beer. It is. And we actually talked about that beer. You guys got to have it at the Beer Blogger Conference. And um, yeah. I think it was really great that, you know, both that uh, that he won, but he was actually here to, to pick up an award as well. So he's a good yeah. guy. And oddly, mm. Kintian was mm. not in the World Beer Cup award. So yeah, mm. go figure. Yeah, there was not one single World Cup. Uh, I hope it doesn't hurt cup. their sales. Yeah, me too. Well, but then again, do we even know if they entered anything? Mm. Reverend Mark, were there anything that caught your attention? Well, I did want to mention the fact that uh, one of my favorites up in Colorado Way. Um, Funkworks took a gold with the O'Bruin. Uh, I yeah. saw that, yeah. yeah. And I've never had that O'Bruin yeah, yeah. uh, before, so I look forward to checking that out. We've had a lot of great beer from Funkworks. But. And I also noticed that the the Nashville uh, beer company, Nashville Brewing, took 
uh, was a silver in the Nashville lager. So that was yeah. interesting. I know. That was very interesting. We know where that's made. Yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Way dun, to kill dun, it, Ken dun. and Chase. <laughs> so you get what you get, man. Yeah. <laughs> so um, anything else? Uh, well, I was going to, I just mentioned a minute ago, I thought the Creaky Bones from Firestone Walker was just amazing. I was at Firestone Walker uh, a little less than a year ago, and that was just one of the most phenomenal of all their phenomenal beers that I had there fresh off tap. So anyway, like that a lot. Very cool. Well, a uh, big congrats out to all the winners for this year's World Beer Cup. And be sure and check out the results online of all the categories and all the winners. There might be one in your very backyard that you've never tried before. And take the opportunity to check it out on your own. Well, my license plate just got snapped once again by the Winnipeg Beer Clan Patrol. I'm sorry, Bear Clan Patrol for parking uh, improperly again dum, in my dum, own driveway. Dum. So, this we got to close out the show so I can move my car. Don't rock the jukebox. I want to hear some jones. my heart ain't ready for the road stone. Um, this is uh, just great stuff all the way around. Thanks to all of our listeners here at Sip, Suds, and Smokes. You can catch all of our episodes online on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, SoundCloud, PRX, TuneIn, Stitcher, YouTube, Uncle John's Basement, and Spreaker, our native media host. The easiest way to find the show is ask Alexa, Siri, Aunt Martha, or Google. Aunt Martha, play the podcast, Sip, Suds, and Smokes. Yep, you can. <laughs> you, you don't think that would work? Um, <laughs> do you have an Aunt Martha? <laughs> you know, it's like this, probably a good. Have you first guys watched step. the video, the silver edition of uh, of Alexa or the uh, uh, Amazon thing? It's pretty funny. Uh, and Martha would work. You can reach us online anytime at info at sipsidesandsmokes dot com. Our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter every single day. Our handle on Twitter is at sipsidesmoke, and our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. Do us a favor, take the time to rate this episode. If you're listening to me online, if you're listening to Dave, that's a completely different that's rating. five stars for Dave. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great big help to us, and we get to see your feedback as well. I want to thank my co-host for uh, joining me for this episode, Good Old Boy Dave. Hey, thanks, Mike. Check me out on Instagram, at Good Old Boy Dave, for my 60-second beer reviews. The Reverend Mark. Hey, it's so beery good to be here. You bet. And Good Old Gal Juliana. I apologize to all the Marthas out there. <laughs> Answer otherwise. <laughs> well, this is good old boy Mike asking you to come back. Join us once again for another episode of Sip, Suds, and Smokes. And I will ask you to keep on sipping. This has been a one-tan-hand production of Sip, Suds, and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your hosts, the good old boys, will see you all next time.